think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Except for the fact that I heard Rocky Top a million times, and I've been getting to like the song, and I think that might be kind of concerning. I don't think it's concerning. It's a good song. Rocky Top, you are so good. I love it. Uh, I like. I, I I went to the game. I flew down for the game, and it's like it's been stuck in my head since then. Like I'm just walking around humming Rocky Top in Connecticut, like. It's oh god! Like I was, I wasn't even that mad when Tennessee scored because of it. There's a Isn't few bands that only know ring? one song, and Tennessee is one of those bands. They know one song. USC, they know one song. Wisconsin, one song. If you're gonna have one song. Not the worst. If you're gonna have one song, having it be a classic country song is probably not the worst thing you could do. Which is why more teams should do have Jolene as song. Um, Wait a minute, that's the exact way you get back at. That's what Vanderbilt should do. They need to get. They need to get back at them. That's the only way they're going to somehow get Dolly Parton powers. No, no, there will be there like the next time those two teams played, Tennessee would win. They would run up the score so bad because of that. It would be hilarious. Alternatively, what if it's the only thing that uh, Vanderbilt needs to actually beat Georgia this weekend? They need a miracle. Yes, that's why you call in the power of Dolly Parton. I'm just know. saying. How much worse than Missouri are they? How much worse than Missouri? Uh, depends on how bad Missouri is feeling that day. Yeah, dude, I, I haven't watched. For obvious reasons, I haven't watched much Vanderbilt, so like. Although they didn't, they just get blown to pieces by Ole Miss. Fifty-two yes. to twenty-eight, okay, a game yeah, that yeah. was close in the first half. Yeah, yeah no, it was so close I, in the in the. I had this feeling that it was going to end like it was twenty to seventeen at the half. Uh, Vanderbilt and I was like, this is going to be a twenty-four twenty-three Ole Miss win because they will infuriate their fans just like that. And no, they blew the doors off them. Yeah, it was a real damn yeah. gonna break kind of game. Yeah, like I was in a, I was in one of like the off campus, or not off campus. There was on camp. I, I don't know. Like at that point, but it houses, uh, and the game was on, and like, at that point, I had been like post game tailgating for an hour, um, and like had, uh, you know, taken several beer beer funnels off balconies at that point. Um, so I walked in and I looked at the TV and I was like, "There's no way this is like." actually happening because it was like 10 10 or something at that point um and then and i was like yeah no the sec is ridiculous this year literally everybody and it's, it's still true but then like you know order was restored um yeah i don't think it's that everybody's bad i think it's that everybody's a little bit good no one's great everybody's fine everybody's yeah fine. everyone's fine and, and i think that's going to lead to overreactions every week and yeah, like this, which yeah, leads so. us to the Tennessee game. Um, look, LSU deserve to lose. Tennessee is a better team, but I do want to caution some of the hot takes that have come out afterwards. I do think a lot of this game was LSU falling behind early due to some egregious special teams miscues, and they just never got in the game. Yeah, there's no question. Like, I feel like. I feel like if you play this game ten times, I think seven of them are moderately close. Like they're not they're not even, you know, rock fights that go down to the wire probably, but they're and they're 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 not they're respectable scores. They're ten point games. Like I think I think the difference in the game was honestly 
when you exclude high variance, high um, high swing miscues, where it's like probably like ten points. I think these teams are like ten points apart. Um, it it wasn't. I don't think LSU was as truly outclassed in terms of overall ability and talent um, by Tennessee, as the score would indicate. But the fact of the matter is they screwed up in the most win probability affecting ways they possibly could. Like, obviously, disastrous on special teams. Um, Particularly, I think the biggest issue that I think swung the game is how bad they were in short yardage situations. Um, They could not run the ball. Not at all. Not even for a yard. Um, And it resulted in, you know, a couple of fourth and shorts that stalled that ended drives and a couple of third and shorts that ended drives. And of course there was, you know, the fourth and 10, which I, I actually think was pretty defensible. Um, just considering how, what kind of hole they already dug for themselves and what they needed yeah, to get I, out of it. I, I want to talk about Daniels, but let's talk about the fourth downs first. Look, one of the big factors in the game is that LSU went zero for three on fourth down and Tennessee went three for three. And I think even if you look at uh, ESPN this week, uh, uh, Bill Connolly, I'm always talking about Bill C. He wrote a column praising Texas Tech for how they went for it on fourth down and how brave it was. They went for it deep in their own territory. Yet people on Twitter are killing Brian Kelly for going for it on fourth down. And it just goes to show this is why coaches don't go for it on fourth down. Because when it doesn't work, you have no friends. And most coaches would like to keep their jobs and they would rather lose conservatively than lose by taking chances. And that call, the forget about the first two uh, fourth down calls, which I think were both incredibly defensible. The third one is probably the most questionable. And I look at it like this. You're down 20 to seven. You are down two scores. Tennessee is going to get the ball first in the second half. And if they score a touchdown on that drive, which eventually they would do, the game's over. The game is over. You're down 20 points early in the third quarter. You're not coming back from that the way you're playing. You need points, and you need them now. So on 4th and 10, you're in Tennessee territory. Basically, what you do is you take a high-risk call, which is we're going for points now because we're trying to get this game to 20 to 10. Or, look, there's still a minute on the clock. If you get that first down, you're still going for a touchdown. You want to make this game 20 to 14 and a half to get within one score. Right. And here's the thing is, if it doesn't work, you're probably going to get blown out. So he, took a, he, he was basically a guy at a poker table who was short-stacked. And he had his last good hand. And he said, you know what? I'm going all in right now. It's not the best odds in the world. I, you know, I probably have a 30% chance of winning this hand. But I'm short stacked, and I'm not going to have another chance when I can make a difference than right now. And so he, he made it, and it didn't work. And honestly, he should have called the get sacked play. Yeah, well, that's not the best play. But you like, yeah, I mean, it, yeah. That play got destroyed. I, I mean, just that wasn't a play call. That was just they blew it up at the line of scrimmage. But the point is, is that that's when you go all in because if it works, you've made it a ball game. You can turn this into a 20 to 14 game maybe and completely change the complexion of the game with a half. And if you don't get it, look, even if you punt 20 to seven, if they score a touchdown that first drive, the game is over. That field goal did not play. It did not matter. What mattered was that touchdown drive. Yes. And I would also like to point out the first uh, fourth down, like there were people around me in the stadium who were like, why aren't you kicking the field goal? I can give you two reasons why you don't kick the field goal right there. Number one, if you saw the last time we tried to kick a field goal on the far right hash mark. Yeah, that uh, too. Yeah. That didn't, that wasn't going to be on. And I was watching during practice because I get in there super early. Those would not have been automatic. That's number one. Number two, you are down 10 points so early in the game, you need to find a way to latch on to some sort of momentum. Number three, uh, you're worried about it. That probably was a first down. Yeah. If you look oh, at the yeah, replay of that, yeah, that was so yeah, close was where it was. You had to stay with the call in the field, but if you didn't and you showed that to someone the first time, I would be remiss if they wouldn't say that's a first down. Yeah, I, I thought he got it live. And also, look, Kishon 
Kishon Boutique tripped on the route. So, like, it wasn't even the play call that was bad. It went awry from the beginning. He tripped over Emery and fell down and had to get back up. I mean, just a cavalcade of bad luck on that play. Sometimes, like, we had bad luck going into the game of not having one of your offensive linemen because of a thing at practice that you can't have, like, that you could not have predicted, that you could not have seen coming. And because of LSU's non-existent offensive line depth, you get this. That's one of the things that people probably... I agree. The biggest factor in the game was the offensive line. Uh, Losing Dellinger... Yeah. Like... You look, and I'm just going to say this, if people thought we were going to have a good offensive line this year, uh, you're learning now that we don't have a good offensive line. Starting two freshmen on the offensive line isn't a thing that you're supposed to do, but we were doing it because we were pretty much dead if we didn't. And we but pretty much are. Campbell and have... Dellinger, I mean, that's your two best offensive linemen. So not only does LSU, I think it's, the offensive line has actually been a pleasant surprise this year. It's been better than we thought it would be. But then you lost your two best offensive linemen, and you had to move a fairly competent guard to the tackle position where he can't play it. Right. And, and so it was just a cascade of failures. I, I think the biggest factor in this game is that LSU's offensive line was terrible, which is why they couldn't run the ball. It's why Daniels was running for his life in the pocket the entire game. It, it all... Look, it all came from the offensive line, and that's what happened when you lose two offensive linemen, one before the game and one in the first quarter. Yeah, no question. Like, it was, like you said, the biggest, the biggest, uh, there, I, I don't want to say the biggest reason LSU, the biggest reason LSU lost the game and couldn't match up is the offensive line. Uh, the biggest reason they got, I, I will still say the biggest reason they got blown out is because of all the high variance stuff uh, going yeah. all the wrong way. Uh, but like going back to the, to the fourth and 10, like, like you said, that was the only chance they had to now to, that was the only chance they had to make it a game because like you, you like ultimately if I have to choose between having a chance to win the game and risking the higher chance, a higher chance of a blowout, like honestly, if you, if you punt, you lose either way. And whether that loss is by a million points or by 14 points, it doesn't matter. It's the same on the record. And so good for Brian Kelly for understanding that and making a decision that he know would get panned if he didn't get it. However, um, like, it, it is... The one counter-argument I would understand is that it's tough to... It's tough to be. It's tough to expect it necessarily to work, uh, given how bad your downfield passing game is, and how bad your offensive line is, and how likely it is he may take a sack and make that more of a problem. But I don't think that's enough of a reason not to go for it because, like, like, like I said, you're gonna lose anyway if you don't score a touchdown on that possession. Um, and they that was their only chance to do it. So I, I think the the fourth down discourse, um is like I, I some of them in the NFL are pretty pretty nuanced with some room for discussion but this one's ridiculous like these were all go situations the question is is are you coaching the game to give your team the best chance of winning even if it means you get blown out or were you coaching the game in order to minimize the score so you don't lose as much and punting in that situation is the decision of we're just playing to the scoreboard to make it look not as bad yeah, that's a, in my opinion, if you, I, I just would like to say that if you did that, I would roast you harder because you're playing a coward's game, in my opinion. Yeah. If you're just playing, we don't want to lose as hard, that means you're okay with losing. Yeah, it sounds no, like you're how, okay how with losing. Uh, yeah, exactly. And it's one of those things where I think sometimes when you hear it from the perspective of winning versus losing, sometimes the thing that makes you lose harder is the thing that had it gone well, you might have won. And yeah, because you're I still believe- taking chances, and, and that's what happens. The, the thing about risk is sometimes it goes badly. Like, not every – and one of the biggest stats in the game was not just the, you know, the special team stats, which, oh, my God. But it was LSU went 0 for 3 on fourth down, and Tennessee went 3 for 3. You flip those plays, and LSU goes 3 for 3, and Tennessee goes 0 for 3. 
It's, I don't think it changes the results, but it certainly changes the complexion of the game. Yeah. You just get blown out a little bit less bad. Or maybe you don't get blown out at all. Like, yeah, no, I mean... I these are it, all the things... It's those little tiny things. Heck, you know what? You know what could have changed things? What if the wind wasn't bad and they didn't go have to... And the ball doesn't blow off on the opening kickoff? And they don't have a holder there because let's talk about that for a second, because there was a little bit of confusion with the way that whole thing worked out. I don't know if anybody had seen the explanation as to why there was this whole weird stuff, but basically they had two returners ready for the kickoff. The reason is apparently Tennessee's kicker, he can kick both sides and they can run basically ambidextrous coverage. Um, And so they had to be ready just in case it was going to be kicked either side. The second they brought out a holder, it was clear it wasn't going to go to one side. That was the side Jack Besh was not on. So he was on the right side originally. They put him on the left, and then the ball gets kicked up, and then he muffs it. I don't know why he muffed it. Maybe something happened with the wind or something else, but like... No, he didn't muff it. There was confusion from the start. he did. No, he did. I was wrong. Uh, Yeah, I don't care. Catch the ball. Yeah, yeah. I'm, saying, no, you, you, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying it's like there was already bad stuff going on there. So that disaster happening was in the making from the beginning. I mean, no, it wasn't. And, and what's more that, of a question is, and is that's it another coaching? Thing? That was what I was about to say. You yeah. are you are on the same wavelength. Is Was that a coaching thing? You know, Were the they coached is, to be ready for it? The problem is I can't – I don't know – like anything about special teams, so yeah, I mean, who does? I like it's funny. Like I, I mean, I know special does our teams, special teams coordinator even? I know. Well, no, I mean he doesn't. But like, <laughs> it's a good question to ask at this point. Like I know, I I know special teams coaches, so I can ask them. Um, but I don't. I really in the moment don't know. Um, and ultimately, I like it, it's obvious that like. Their field goal protections are terrible, uh, which is why they gave up two free runners uh, to block kicks against Florida State. Um, their punt coverage is horrendous. It's horrendous. Yeah. That's the real problem. Uh, Jack Besh needs to just hold on to the ball. Like, you know, like in position, out of position, whatever. Like, if, you, if the ball is on you, possess it. Like, fumbling is regardless. Like, they give up so much, like, so much, like, they give up so much win probability on 55-yard punt and kickoff returns. Like, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I I mean, as bad as that opening kickoff was bouncing off its face mask, to then give up a 50-yard punt return on the first punt of the game, I I mean, Chuck, unbelievable. Like, special teams handed, like, 14 points to Tennessee in the first, like, seven minutes of the game. First three minutes. That's it was 13. Yeah, it, yeah. Was a, it was 10 points, and then I think just, yeah. Just so. We've, they were not at the four-minute mark in the game. In fact, Tennessee did not have a drive in the first half. Honestly, the LSU, and this is what happened, the LSU defense was playing pretty well because they were holding Tennessee to field goals other than that opening drive. The LSU defense played fine. All all things considered, given how how much conflict that offense creates, unless your players are dramatically better than theirs, like, giving up, like, 450 yards at, like, and that's fine. That's that's what you, that's fine against them. Well, I also think in the second half, they cracked. Like, yeah, after that opening touchdown drive, everything from that point on was just closing out the game. Like, LSU didn't get a stop for the rest of the game because I don't want to say they gave up, but the game was over, and everyone was just trying to get home. Yeah, I will say that if LSU just does a better job tackling, I think I would have no problem with the way they played defensively. Like, that's... Yeah, look, they broke a, broke a few tackles, but look, in the first half... LSU outgained Tennessee, and I, I know it's like, oh, well, they had short fields, but they weren't caught in the field goals. It wasn't like Tennessee was just scoring touchdown after touchdown on these right. short fields. Like, LSU came up big. The defense made these stops, and LSU was driving and grinding down the field and getting stopped on fourth down. I, I mean, just 
gut-killing wasted drives. I mean, I mean that was like 150, 160 yards of offense that just went nowhere. And, and that's... Yeah, nope. that's because, you know, like, like we were talking about earlier with the, the fourth and short situations that they just blew. Like, it, it just, they just got killed... In, they just got killed in those short yardage situations when they could have kept drives going. Um, and, like, as for Tennessee, like, LSU held what is, in my opinion, like, the fourth or fifth best offense in the country to 40 points while spotting them about 16. Yeah, so, and, that's and honestly, like, and that's what the second half in which they cratered. Like, that's what a bad second half. They were, uh, yeah, like, that. that I don't, they I had don't a good game. I mean, not a great game, but like, so there's a, my point is, it's not that, oh, LSU almost beat Tennessee and the score's uh, not, is misleading. That's not true. Tennessee won this game and they won it pretty convincingly. But my point is, if you're looking underneath the score to say, I want encouraging signs going forward, I think LSU played a much better game against Tennessee than it did against Auburn. I totally agree. I totally agree. Except like, yeah, like, I mean, it's, it's. I thought it was a bad, you know, matchup schematically. I mean, because it's a, look. Every Tennessee has answers for everything in very in very few things they do overall. Um, but like, because you because they're not condensed at all because their their receivers are split out so wide. You can't really disguise anything and simulate pressure and do all the stuff that they really like to do to get free rushers. Um, even though they they like when they did it, they had to pressure. Um, and that, that caused some problems. They got some free runners. Um, of course, one of them resulted in a sack fumble that was rushed for almost a first down, which, you know, what are you going to do about that? Um, but like, yeah, I mean, just like that was just, it was that kind of game. Yeah. Like I, it was not, I would say based on how, how, based on how the two teams matched up, I would say it was probably the score should have been 31, 20. Probably, I think that sounds about right. Um, and look, the fact of the matter is, Tennessee is in clear top ten team. They are, yeah, they are, and LSU's not, and, yeah, and that's right. that's okay. This is where we expected the team to be. Frankly, but if we're talking encouraging signs going forward, if we want to talk about encouraging signs going forward, it's kind of a look. The big thing though becomes Jaden Daniels. So let's. On the one hand, he's getting killed. On the other hand, I think he played a much better game than he did against Auburn, where he was just worthless. Yeah, he was. Against Tennessee, he didn't have his standard great fourth quarter, which has kind of become his MO. But at this point, it wouldn't have mattered. I think the game was over. But if you look at Jaden Daniels' numbers, they're pretty good. 300 passing yards is pretty good, isn't it? He cannot throw downfield. And the team kept forcing the ball. He did throw the ball down. LSU had six passes over 20 yards. And uh, Daniels went one for six on those passes. Yeah, well, yeah. The thing is, like, when it comes to getting anything downfield, because of how spread a, spread out their receivers are and how little routes will re- play off each other, um, given, the, uh, given how much they like to put four in the concept instead of heavy protecting, and given how static their routes are, like, there aren't a ton of double moves, um there aren't a lot of nuances in their routes uh, that lead to generating separation. Um, it, this, this, is not, this is not a passing game that is designed to create explosives. It just isn't. It's designed to get 0 to 15 yards. Um, and if defenses take that away, like Tennessee was playing cover three, they are playing press quarters the same way Florida State did, and they were basically forcing you, like, if you wanted – to, if you wanted to generate explosives, like you were going to have to hit, you know, sort of somewhat low percentage, like especially give at least in the structure of LSU's offense, the only way they were going to do it is if they were hitting like slot fades or sideline go balls, because those are the only things they really do that are down the field. And like those, like those are some of the hardest throws in terms of pure accuracy a quarterback has to make. And like, most college quarterbacks aren't precisely accurate enough to do. Daniel certainly isn't. Like he's not accurate. He just isn't. Like no, no, he's, he's not. He's accurate enough that he's not, you know, doing the Brandon Harris, Anthony Jennings thing where he's airmailing receivers by like fifteen yards. But like he's not. Like guys will have to adjust to pretty much everything. 
So as a result, when guys don't have a lot of separation, they're not, they're, it's not a makeable throw for him. He has the arm to do it, but he doesn't have the, the accuracy. And so when you're throwing sideline go balls and slot fades, like those are burrow throws. Those are burrow throws. That's what he, that's what, yeah. like, that's what he did. That's what he did. That's what quarterbacks like that do. Those are Drew Brees, Joe Burrow throws. Like, and the, and the other, the thing that I find the most actually discouraging about the whole team is how poorly coached the receivers are. Um, it, like, just they, their routes are so static. They are just running routes. There's not like if they're running, you know, their Y cross concept. You know, he's not against man coverage. He's not stair stepping, which is you know when he leans into it for a few steps and then snaps it off to generate separation against man, like you're supposed to. Like, there's they are just running them, and that's not that difficult to take away. Like it's this is my basic point. Even with all that. Like, even going one of six on deep routes, even with receivers really not helping him out at all, Daniels completed 71% of his passes for 300 yards. Yeah. The offense moved the football. Now, the reason they didn't score many points is because of failures on fourth down and, you know, late turnover. But LSU moved the football all game long. This was not a matter of LSU couldn't move the football, was just going three and out and punting. LSU had multiple sustained drives that just didn't result in points. And that's the kind of thing that over the course of season tends to even out. Right. Exactly. It's subject to regression. Right. Yeah. I mean, you want a team that's just moving the, as long as they're moving the football and we're looking at, Hey, this is what I want the team to be doing. That's what I want them to do. Obviously you want to finish drives. I don't want to say it's not good (laughs) to not finish a drive, but if we're looking for encouraging signs going forward, there was a lot of them there. Now, there was the bad signs when the running game was terrible. I, I mean, just cover your eyes awful. Uh, to call I, it I a mean, running game would be to give it way too much yeah, of a compliment. Yeah, where was he running? Compliment. Yeah. The longest run of the game that was not by Daniels was four yards. What was, is, wait, was that really? Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> Oh my the God. longest yeah. non-Daniels run, the three That's running backs so of Williams, Emery, and Kane combined for 12 carries for 18 yards. That is That's crazy. horrific. That is, that is, that's so If bad. you, by the way, if you take out sacks, uh, LSU ran for 89 yards on 23 carries. That is 3.8 yards per carry. And uh, like three, like 20 plus yard carries on scrambles. I would imagine. Yeah, and by the way, one thing that we didn't mention, Jaden Daniels, he threw his first interception as an LSU football player, and it wasn't even his fault. He threw the ball right into the uh, place where Malik Neighbors' hands were, except for the fact that there was a Tennessee defender who just snagged the ball right out of the air. It was a good throw. It's not on him. Wait, wait, when did that happen? I'm actually glad he threw an interception. This was the last... last right at the very end of the game? and i yeah. was legitimately like impressed i was like okay i'm not mad at this that was an awesome catch and you should 100 percent get all the hype for that because it was such a good catch sometimes that happens to you and i feel like that's why people need to stop being so harsh with like we need to replace daniels daniels is the problem i mean he's when I talk about a game in which everything went wrong, like I talked about the fourth downs and things like that, let's look like this. Forcing a fumble is skill. Recovering a fumble is a coin flip. It's, it's kind of luck. Yeah, right? no doubt. We saw that. Unless you fumbled once, Tennessee recovered. Tennessee fumbled three times, all three times recovered by Tennessee. And that, that, that kind of luck just went everywhere. The whole game, everything. I mean... It's stuff like that. Tennessee won this game because every little coin flip went their way. And this is where I pull out the Branch Ricky quote that luck is the residue of design. So I don't want to say they were just totally lucky and that, oh, my God, how did every break go their way? Part of it is that they outplayed LSU and they just kind of they had a more intense. They were more present in the game. That said, they had a lot and I mean a lot of luck go their way. Yeah, Tennessee being better made it a win. Ellis, the luck made it a blowout. That's that. Yes. That's it. So with that, 
we can turn turn the page and look at Florida. And what are your initial thoughts? Well, about LSU playing Florida. Well, I will say this: like LSU is is, is once again going to be able to do all the stuff they want to do defensively because Florida is much more condensed. They're a normal offense in terms of alignment. Um, so you're going to be able to do all of the stuff with disguises and simulated pressures and all that stuff that they really like to do that they really get a lot of mileage out of. Additionally, you're going to get to play a lot more base. Um, so Harold Perkins can be on the field because, uh, you know, this is a, a another, you know, hot button Brian Kelly thing that people are mad about. Um, is that like Harold Perkins only played, what, nine snaps? Um well, so they moved him. No, you're telling me that people are angry that LSU didn't put out their best defensive player on the field because they thought it was a bad move uh, schematically, despite the fact that it is never a bad move to put your best player on the field? No, it's definitely a bad move. It's, I don't want him playing. I don't want him playing Mike or Will against Tennessee. <laughs> like, I mean, he's, uh, Harold Perkins I is like this. very much right now a a ace. He plays in base and is a, a situational pass rusher That the, when they're in dime in their pass rush packages. The A, against Tennessee, you aren't in a lot of situations where you don't have to fit the run. Uh, so your, your um, obvious passing situation, pass rush packages are sort of out because they don't end up in third and long very often. Almost never, because they're so efficient. Um, have to have a, a a run defending package on there, so you can't put out a situational pass rusher, which is one thing they like to use Perkins for. Um, as for putting him at Mike or Will, there's a lot of mental responsibilities with that that do not come with playing the Sam in base uh, that they don't want to put on his plate right now, especially against an offense that is as difficult as this one. The I don't know if they really trust Harold Perkins as a zone dropper in space right now, which I totally get because he's very much a, more of a athlete, good football player than he is a, a pure linebacker yet. So they, I get it. I get it for this game. I really do. Even if it's not. Matt, or if it's- I agree with everything you said. And what I want to add on this is I agree in concept with the idea that you want to have your best player in the field. But I also, I think we forget that Perkins is a freshman. Right. And you want to put freshmen in a position to succeed. And to get him more snaps, they would have put him in a, out of his, own, his natural position, and they would have asked him to do things they haven't asked him to do all year. And you run the risk of him getting burnt and taking the psychological hit. So I think the going forward is, hey, we're just going to eat this one and we're not going to have him do things he can't do because I want Perkins to still be in the right headspace when he plays Florida and do the things he can. I I want him to only have had success. I don't want him to have a game more plays, but those more plays result in failure. No doubt. And um, you know, all of that, like part of that is the psychological human management. uh, Cause you don't like, you don't, baptisms by fire rarely end well in sports they just don't like it's people are like there's the the sort of you know hard-headed competitive oh i'll play in any situation and i want my players to have that but it's also the coach's job to say let's let's not burn him here um especially when it hurts your team when you when that happens like you're still trying to win the game um and so ultimately i think it was the right decision uh to do what they've done like you look at the Mississippi State game, they don't run the ball. Like they they do occasionally situationally, but like they don't really run the ball. So you can put your, you know, third and long packages out there all the time. Like pretty or pretty often, which is why he played so damn much in that game, especially in their their dragon package, which is what I I don't know if that that's not their actual name for it. That's what I'm calling it. I wrote about it in my uh, film review for that game, which you should all go read. Um, if you haven't, but like, that's a game where you really have him play a lot because he can just, he can get after the quarterback. He can insert and rush and make athletic football plays instead of having to do the sort of difficult, more advanced linebacker stuff that pure linebacker stuff that 
he would have had to do in this one uh because they were playing i mean you play nickel and dime so your standard well your standard nickel and dime all the time against tennessee like because you can't put in your like i said you can't put in your obvious pass rush situation packages and you can't you certainly can't play in base because they're in four open a lot if you play in base you're giving up 700 points like so it, it's it's tough to swallow, but I get it. I really do. I think it was the right decision. However, back to Florida. And also, now this week, LSU is going to go up against a quarterback who looks a lot like Jaden Daniels, only who throws a lot more picks. Yeah, yeah. Except he's like, and, he's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much. And also doesn't throw much at all. Do you know how many yards Florida had passing against Missouri? Like 15. I don't know, but I do know that Anthony Richardson has thrown for less yards than Jaden Daniels this season, and that seems impossible. Well, here's why. Uh, he threw for 66 passing yards against Missouri. 66? 66. Oh, my God. Madhouse is going to kill him. Oh, my God. That, that might be- it's 66 that passing might yards. Poorly, but, like, Madhouse is going to tee the fuck off. Would you like to know how many first half yards the Florida Gators had against the Missouri Tigers? Nine. 65. Oh my God. <laughs> By the way, here's a fun little Florida fact. Florida became the first defense to allow Missouri to have greater than 50% on uh, third downs in a game. Yeah, I don't think that's Florida pretty high variance stat, but how about this one? Jane Daniels, the one thing going for him is that he's accurate. He's yeah, completed he's, about 68% of his accurate, passes. But he's. he's- he, he's just yeah, yeah no he, he he runs how they run the offense i'm just saying statistically he's accurate because he, he, he throws his a lot passes of passes are accurate he's, that's why sure. he's also very innocent. anthony richardson how many, what do you think his completion percentage is 54 uh 57.1 and that's a total guess 55.9 i'm I mean, way closer than i should have been I, I mean that is incomprehensibly bad for someone who's being touted as a heisman contender after week one yeah Jaden Daniels has a higher quarterback rating by 10 points. He has more yards. Um, he's clearly thrown less picks. Um, more touchdowns. Um, well, actually, yeah, he has more touchdowns. You know what the, the really funny thing about all this is? The offense Florida runs is way more quarterback friendly, like by a lot. Yes. It's, it's wide zone play action a lot with some, you know, good RPO stuff. Like it's... It, but they're not as good. Oh, no, because Anthony Richardson is I mean, with terrible. all of that, they're still not as good as LSU. And I'm not trying to say that as LSU has been great. I'm trying to say that's how bad Florida has been. I mean, this yeah, is they're awful. not just an incredibly winnable game. This is a game you kind of have to win at this point in the season. Yeah, this is- it should be noted that Florida won by seven, and that seven points was the result of, like, it, if you want to talk about what that winning margin was, that was a pick six that uh, Missouri threw in the first half. Oh my god! Like Florida, Florida did not yeah. deserve yeah, really to like. Mizzou came back feisty late in the game. They came back fighting. That game was a fourteen point game, and they had a drive going late and then threw a pick. Um, I do think or, like all- turned it over or something. But basically, like Missouri made that a game late. Florida had to fight them off I mean, on homecoming. Yeah, to put devil's advocate a little, though, A, the game in the Swamp, yeah. which I hate. Hate that. Uh, the Swamp is, is, is nasty. Um, it's, yes. it's, devas- it's a terrible place to play. It's, it, they, it's hard. It's that's why very, they call it the Swamp. And that's awesome. They call yeah, it the Swamp, the, not the Paradise. Frankly, I think the Swamp may be the best nickname for a stadium besides Death Valley in the country. Um, that's awesome. It's sick. Uh, it, yeah, it's yeah, so good. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a torture chamber. Um, that and the fact that LSU, I mean, you know, like, the Auburn game happened. I think Auburn, as bad as Florida is, I think Auburn's worse. So, like, yes. so, who knows? Yeah, no, Auburn is... And also, if we look at it, Florida played Tennessee a lot better. Yeah, they did. They did. They did in New England. But that is a rivalry. No, it is. On the flip side, they play Kentucky. If we look at your games and say their Missouri game is our Auburn game, where they didn't play well, but they won. We both played Tennessee. We both lost. They definitely have the edge on that one. They played a better game against Tennessee than we did. 
And then they have the Kentucky game where they were outclassed by Kentucky. That's comparable to our Mississippi State game. We play a ranked SEC team and outplay them. Uh, LSU didn't just win that game. LSU was the better team. Oh, they beat the shit out of them. They beat the shit out of Mississippi State. That is true. Mississippi um, State did not look like Mississippi State in that yeah, game. They, they got absolutely smothered. And, and I think this is what it comes down to is I think the big difference is, is that I don't trust either offense. I think both LSU and Florida have incredibly questionable offenses. The difference is, is I trust LSU's defense. Much more, yeah, yeah. And let's be honest, Kelly is going to be compared to Napier his entire tenure here. Yeah, unless one of the, unless especially Napier, like, in the first meeting, though. Years, yes, that's true. Yeah, well, maybe not his entire tenure, but at least the first three or four yeah, years. Sure. Mm-hmm. This is, I don't want to say the most important game of the season for him, but it's the most important game of the season. It is. Like, it might be the most important game because legitimately we might need this game to be bowl eligible. Nah, I'm not, no, they're not going to oh, be. Nah, I mean, I said there's my, other games that come along later, but this is the game that is going to be used as a measuring stick. Afterwards, everyone, at the end of the season, this is the game they're going to talk about, Kelly versus Napier. And when Kelly's critics come out, they're going to talk about this and say, well, Napier did blah, 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 blah. Kelly needs this game. I don't think Napier does, because Napier's all... I think everyone's already given him a pass because of how bad Mullen had left things for him, while at the same time not paying attention to how bad Orgeron had left things for Kelly. But that's fine. Well, that's, that's the because, way of the world. And, and we must all remember this. People don't like Brian Kelly. Yeah. And Billy Napier was at a mid-major. So he gets to be... like He was at a mid-major. Yeah. He was cool. People liked him because he wasn't like a guy anyone cared about. He seemed like a no, cool I'm guy. Totally that. that is exactly right. You were 100%... What it is is that people don't like Brian Kelly, and they just don't know Napier, so therefore they like him. Um, though he's been often compared personality-wise to early Saban. So if we're talking about personality-wise, he's not exactly a charmer himself. Um, yeah, and he worked like yeah, but like it's 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 the difference is that like Brian Kelly's been exposed to the media for so long in a way that Napier hasn't. Like Napier's like, oh, he yes. he's the guy that. You know, that made Louisiana Lafayette so good. Like, like, oh, look at him. Like, he's, you know, look at this upstart coach that we don't really know. Like, I, who knows? Like, I mean, like, he could be just as unlikable um, as a media personality. Frankly, I don't think Brian Kelly's nearly as unlikable as people think he is. Like, man, he's actually really impressed me this year because I was prepared to hate him. Yeah, exactly. And he's actually been... Much more pleasant than I expected. Yeah, I think it's this kind of thing that I've. I think I remember hearing something about like he's like a politician somewhere. I had heard that because like it. he's from Boston. He's got all those he's connections. He's definitely. He's like he's definitely played like it in the sense that he's willing to change who he is to fit the place he's at. So he's realized he does not have to take himself this seriously. He should not take himself this seriously. He needs to be more about like winning is the most important thing, not about the look. Because back at Notre Dame, it was about the look. Because frankly, Notre Dame isn't relevant in any way, ever. So you just got to look like you're relevant. You have to pretend that you're relevant. And then here, you're LSU. You're always relevant. Yeah, You're always going to have people wanting to talk. And you just got to be like a cool kind of person. I mean, I would say for Kelly, like he is definitely this season. He has not treated as a one year. He has come in and he's trying to change culture. And honestly, I don't think it matters to him how much, how he, look, he has 10, a 10 year contract and he gets paid a ton of money. They're not going to fire him based on this year. And he is definitely playing it that way. He is playing it as I'm going to do things my way. Going to, teach people to play my system. And if I can play kids, I do. And then next year and the year after is what I'm actually aiming for to have a good team again. This year is all about instilling culture and doing things the right Frankly, way. I think that's- and if you get some results, you need some results on the way. But he's not going to shortchange stuff long-term to get wins this season. And you know what? Honestly, that's the exact right thing to do. I agree. So. He is building. Yeah. And especially when you came in and you had nothing. You had nothing when you came in. 
if you look at it, like Jane Daniels is clearly a guy who's just there to keep the lights on. Yes. This is not your quarterback of the future. He, he is not he is putting there the because you have no offensive line. He is He's there because the he future can escape. A, yeah. The, the future of the program is not in his hands. This is a guy who's just there to keep the lights on for this season to keep it from getting out of control. And yeah, because they have no offensive line, he can run around really well. And also, and has that's why we're that not going to see Walker yes. Howard this year. Oh, God, because there's no way it. Brian Kelly is going to risk Walker Howard's health in a season nope. that doesn't matter. He will form so many bad habits in Walker Howard if they put him in the, in, in the games this season. Like, I've, I, Yeah, it's the it. same reason why you don't want to see much of a... Oh, God, that might be why they don't want to put in Garrett yeah, Nussmeier yeah, no, that he's, much. Because, like... Yeah, he's because he's already got bad habits. You don't want to instill worse. I know, but like, oh, Nussmeier's just bad. Uh, I'm yeah, sorry. he might. He might. He might. Like, yeah, I think if he were to go play for North Carolina, he'd be really good. But like, he can't. He can't read or Tennessee, honestly. But like, he'd be great at Tennessee. But like, he can't. No, no, not not here. Not in this offense. It's it's no. Uh, sadly, it's not looking like it. This LSU Florida game feel like it's going to come down to some sort of special teams oh, play. No, I, Besides the fact that yeah, every single be, LSU Florida game seems to come no down to a special teams play. If we beat them on a fake kick, I'm going to laugh. For Hysterically, the yes. Oh, uh, I, oh, I will asphyxiate from laughing so hard if I we win on a fake to, kick. I want us to do a surprise onside kick. I want us to do it no, so no, badly, they, they and I wanted to execute it. They do not this team. I, I think it's good. Pro, that's a good idea generally. Not them. Yeah, not the swamp. You, you don't want to give them field position. Like, eh, fair enough. And Fake also, punt, after though. last week, after your special teams hung your defense out to dry, yeah. pin them deep. Give your defense a chance to play a game straight up. Yeah, it's Jay uh, um, folks. He's like the only good part of their special teams. He's pretty good. I like him. And Slade Roy, because my God, can that guy actually get down and down? Oh punts. God, yeah, no, I'm not paying attention. To the, the, the transfer, snapper, right? the yeah. transfer, long snapper making plays yeah, out there. He's, he seems like he seems pretty good, but like, yeah, no, I mean, it's it's. There's no way that this game. First, there's a couple things. There's no way. A, there's no way this game isn't close. I, like, I'd be shocked if it's not close. And if it's not close, and LSU is on top, and they blow them out, good for them. That's great. But it's there's no, no way. way you're going no to the swamp way. and blowing no out Florida. That's not Utah, when they were fully healthy, by the way, is pretty good. Pro- probably better than LSU, maybe. Like, and, yeah. and they they got beat. So, like, I mean, it, should they have? No, obviously not. But like, they got beat. Like, so I I do not believe that this that this game will be anything but a close one. That's super super weird and like. Additionally, Joe Tess is calling the game again. So he called, yes, again? he called Florida State, he called Auburn, and those were two of the weirdest games of the college football season so far. And Mississippi State. And State. Which was not as weird. I know, but two out of three of them. But it did have a All co- of the road. Well, then again, no, because LSU had to come back. They had the comeback yeah, against come we did yeah, not huge comeback against that. Mississippi State too. All of the so games like, he's called away from home have had extremely strange finishes. So if there's any former LSU transfers who are gonna, you know, screw their teams over, uh, is there are there any LSU transfers on Florida? No, right? No. Not on top of my head, yeah, I no, can't think of it. If there are, if I there can't are, think of any. you know, it's gonna be the that guy game. Uh, but like, it's. It's it's Joe Tess, it's the Swamp, it's two teams that are weird and frankly not great. Like, come on. It's it's gonna be it's gonna take it like if you if you really, really care about the outcome of this individual game, it's gonna take years off your life. What I want to see out of this game is for LSU not to fall behind in oh, the first quarter. Finally, like I don't know if Anthony Richardson's good enough for that to happen, but like Frankly, I just I'm sick of it. Sick of it. Like if they're down seven to three, okay. But I mean, for once, LSU needs to play a full sixty minutes. That's what I want to see out of this game. That is my only expectation. Come out there, play tough the entire game, and have it be within a score the entire game. None of these huge comebacks. 
Yeah, you're totally right. It's like watching the dang Saints. Seriously, it the was Saints like fine. Okay, yes, I know. I am a huge Saints fan, but it was really like like we need to do what the Saints did against the Seahawks, uh, but without that part where we nearly blew the game, uh, where it was just competitive the whole time, taking leads like early, scoring early, scoring often. Um, that kind of stuff, establishing a good ground no, game, making good decisions when to throw, checking out of blitzes. Uh, sorry, I needed to mention that, but you don't understand how bad Jameis Winston was when it comes yeah, to well, checking I, out of wait, blitzes. Wait, on, he wouldn't on, do it. On, he just looked straight into it. Jameis Winston can't control when the defense blitzes. He just can't handle it. Check. Oh, yeah, what I mean is the yeah, idea of like yeah, yeah. checking your protection okay. so that it's not in a thing because Dalton did that. Like, there's a specific play where he was literally like, "No, Kamara, you need to go over here. They're about to bring the house," and they still got to him, but at least he yeah, changed dude, that's, it. That's, that's which is again, this is I say that I'm from Baltimore, so I don't know what any of you guys are talking about. Our, our quarterback's fine in a blitz. Um, now. Well, that's because what happens is that the blitz turns into a 20 yard well, run. No, but like, yeah, I, exactly. I, like, remember that game against the Dolphins last year, though, where they zero blitzed him to hell. Like, I mean, like. They, they they he did they did a lot of work with it this off season, uh. So good for good for like Lamar Jackson. He he looks so good, and, and it's unfortunate right, how does. much of the offense is put on his shoulders, um, just because of how poorly designed it is and how, I mean they're okay at pass catcher now that Bateman has become solid, um, and Mark Andrews is, you know, the number two or three tight end in the world. But to say that to put it in LSU terms. I'm fine with Jaden Daniels has to run all game. Like, if that's what it takes, that's what it takes. I, I think the offense's biggest problem was not Daniels. I, I clearly think it's a running game. But the other thing is, they just keep forcing the ball, ball to Booty. And, and it seems to be a point where they just bait and say, these guys just have no chemistry. If it happens, it happens. But they need to stop forcing the ball to Booty. Yeah, he's playing, if we're being honest, he's playing yeah. terrible football. Like, it's, it, it's not yeah. just because of the box score. Like, He's got, like, there have been situations where, like, uh, especially against Auburn, where he was, like, they were playing cover one, and he's running a slot fade against a pressed nickel, and the safety is on, ends up on the other hash, and it's just one-on-one, and he loses. Like, you're, if you're, you're, like, you, if you are going to be a top 15 pick, or a first-round pick, you are, you one-on-one with a nickel from Auburn I've never heard of, in a in a man in a man to man situation on a slot fade is a free touchdown. Like if that were if that were yeah, Marvin and, Harrison Jr. or Jordan Addison, that is a free touchdown, and he got blanketed. Like I was, I, I, yeah. And look, and I know Jaden Daniels can't make great throws. Get open, but there, yeah, you need to do something yourself yeah. as well. Uh, I, I mean, and I know there was the replay where Booty was very open on one of the plays against Tennessee, and Daniels couldn't find him. But that's one yeah. play. So, okay, I'll spot that one to Boutique. He's right on, on that play. He was open. That was a touchdown. But they went to him on third down. They went to him on fourth down. Two of LSU's biggest failures early in the game were balls where they forced the ball to Boutique and he couldn't get it. And they're doing those not quite runs, but those really short passes that, you know, are like yeah, those quick little laterals. Yeah. His longest reception was eight yards. He, he's not creating separation. Meanwhile, Malik Neighbors has, what, 80, 90 yards receiving? He's the guy. At this point, Malik Neighbors is your number one receiver. It kind yeah, of treats true. Even then, like, yep. like the, the problem with Malik Neighbors being a number one is, like, with Bouti, with Bouti going into the year, I was like, yeah, they have an absolute alpha dog who is going to elevate the offense because even if you spread your receivers out as much as they do from each other – don't play routes off each other and just say, go win. He's going to do it and produce a lot on that, and he's not at all. And Neighbors is is your number one receiver, yeah. but he's not good enough to be an, to elevate the offense in that situation. So that becomes a huge Yeah, problem. but the thing is, we don't have a guy who can, so we can't – we can no longer chase what we want to do. No doubt. No doubt. You have, it's midway through the season. You are what you yeah. are. No question. No question. It, and it's – it's it's unbelievable. Like, it, and here's the thing. Like, Jake, like, last year with Jake Peets, the offense had the same problem. It was, it, it, it wasn't, it's not obviously not the same system. The terminology is all different, all that, whatever. 
the on a macro level, the problems were the same. It was too spread out. It was too spread yes. out. Routes didn't play off each other. They couldn't run the ball. It was, you know, four, five guys in the concept forcing the quarterback to read things out at a level he wasn't capable. And as for the receivers, you know, it was spreading them out and saying, go win. Uti produced in those situations. He produced last year. And it was the same, the same general situation. And he was great. This year, he's atrocious in a similar situation. So, I mean, like, yeah, like, and, and I'm shocked that the draft people haven't started sounding the alarm about it because, like, they're still talking about him and mocking him in, like, the first round. I'm like, what do you, like, come on. Come on. Turn on, turn on the I mean, the only thing going for him is how much they think Jaden Daniels is terrible. And honestly, I don't think Daniels is that, that like, bad. Uh, I think he is what he is. He's a mediocre college quarterback, and that's fine. LSU can win games with a mediocre college quarterback this year because LSU's goal this year is not the national title. Their goal is to try and win eight games, and that's still on the table, but I'm not saying this is a must-win game from a standpoint of of having a successful year. I I still think Arkansas and A&M are very winnable games. Um, What You still have UAB on the schedule. Um, Arkansas is kind of falling apart. Th- this might be one of the toughest games left on the schedule outside of Bama. Um, that said, is, I this think. is a bellwether game. This is a statement game. You need to go in. Even if you lose, show me something. Post, you're, you're saying that uh, UAB is a winnable game for an LSU head coach oh, no. in their first oh, no, year. No, 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 yeah, need I, I remind yeah. you the last time that happened. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Yeah, that's just, but you know, I'm just, I'm just saying, it's like can't, can't count out. But that's the fact also why you shouldn't overreact yeah, to the first yeah. year. Like again, Nick Saban lost to UAB in his first year. Of okay, course, he, he also beat Tennessee like, the next Bowl, didn't he? Well, then again, no, you're talking about during the season. Never mind. I am missing yeah. your point. And now I think yeah, I have no, gotten it's, it. It's it's not like it's not. I don't think there is a must-win game this year. Frankly, it's it, it's just don't go four and eight. Like, yeah, but it's it really this is a foundation like year. Like win this it is more important that the that what you're starting with is solid than like what the numbers are like. Oh, it's okay if it's a, if it's a seven and six somehow, or you know, eight and five. That'd be great. But as long as it's a quality eight and five, as long as that's quality, made out of the good materials that'll allow you to build a championship team off of it. Yeah, I mean, look at it. Look, they're four and two right now. If you assume they're going to beat UAB and they're going to lose to Alabama. That puts you at five and three. And then you just have your other four games. If you split those games, yeah, you're seven and five. I, I mean, not a great season. No one's going to plan a parade, but you've kept the lights on. Uh, you've also gotten a winning kinda, season, which you haven't done in two years. Yeah, that's kind of what you want. You, you, yeah. you, want, you want to split the remaining four games on the schedule. That, you know, mm-hmm. the non yeah, I don't. I, I really, the, the biggest reason I want to beat Florida is because A, I think you can, and B, I just don't want to listen to people. Like, and, and I was for a while, like, I wanted Billy Napier as one of my candidates. I wanted Billy Yeah, same here. Billy Napier is my guy. I wanted Napier. I mean, my guy was Lane Kiffin um, because I was, so, I was so tired of LSU having offenses. I didn't like schematically <laughs> that, like, I was willing to hire, like, you know, Honestly, go hire Jeff Grimes for all I Lane care, head coach. But like, yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I wanted Lane Kiffin. Then I wanted Dave Aranda, and then I wanted Billy Napier. Um, and like, but like enough. Like, I don't, I don't want to hear LSU should have hired Billy Napier like anymore. Even though I said it so many times, but like, oh, I agree. I, I'm over. I just don't want to lose to Florida because I don't, like, I don't them. like them. Yeah, I hate Florida too. Should be the theme here. Let's be Florida because I yeah. don't like them. It has been over 1,100 days since uh, Florida has beaten LSU. I sure would like to add a few hundred more days to that. Oh, yeah, remember when they were the number like six team in the country with an outside playoff shot, and then they lost to the one of the worst LSU teams of my lifetime because their player threw a shoe. Yeah, because someone and LSU threw was a shoe. like six defensive standards. And then, then, 
Yes, and they had a pick. No, don't forget, uh, Kyle Trask threw a pick six in that game. That also right. helped matters, is that he threw a pick six, and then on the pick six, I don't remember Eli who it was, Ricks. dude Eli, just turned around Ricks. and waved goodbye. It kind of ruins it a little bit. Oh, Although, well, that's he wants to come back. That's unfortunate. He's not coming back. No, he yeah, doesn't. So, he just was posting a picture saying that that was when he was feeling healthy in his uh, life. Yeah. Um, that's what. Yeah. That's well, what he said. Um, yeah. Let's not. I don't think. Yeah, let's not even get into Eli Ricks. But, but, you know, um, remember that time I that no uh, energy, I, I have no energy for Eli Ricks. That. No. Yeah. No. Uh, hey, remember that time that Florida came into LSU uh, at the Death Valley at 11 a.m. Uh, and we ran counter like 20 times in a row, and they just did not know how to sick. handle it. And then we fired our head coach afterward because we beat them. It's just the stupidest yeah, Florida, thing I've Florida's ever really seen in bad. my life. And you were a part of it. And, and so, yeah, so this game is not important from the standpoint of, oh, it, the season rides on it. But I do think it's emotionally important because I think Max is right. This is, if Napier wins this game, all you're going to hear about is how LSU should have hired Billy Napier. And yeah. I don't want to put up with it. I'm just, I don't have the energy for it. So Brian Kelly needs to win this game in order to save me a headache. And also because I don't want to hear Florida fans tell me anything about their team being better, just because I would like to point to the scoreboard again, because I am annoyed with them like, enough, just with like everything else. Five. They got to relax. Florida fans. I know, but they'll all, if they have a win over us, they can just say they beat us, and that will really annoy me because I can't say anything else. What am I, what am I gonna do? They beat us. They're gonna we, lose. We have nothing. Well, we I mean, they them, are gonna like they're gonna lose at some point. They're gonna lose. I don't know who they have the rest of the year, but they're gonna lose a really, 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 really bad game. Just the way they play and the way they are, they're gonna lose something horrible. Yeah. But if they beat us, they won't matter because they will have beaten us. I am going to continue to point this out. I need to have LSU Florida for my own personal Honestly, talking. Are, like, I need to be able to just annoy people, people with it, that. It's if, just a personal talking, thing. Also, uh, I'm calling it right now. I'm looking at their schedule. Florida's going to lose to Vanderbilt. They're, it just, it's just, they're going to lose to Vanderbilt. Anyway, um, like... AJ Swanee's... Okay, I hate to do this because I'm a person who's actually looked at Vanderbilt stuff. AJ Swan isn't terrible. Them be throwing them out there. I have to give credit to Clark Lee for this. Throwing out the freshman the rest of the year. He hasn't pulled him because uh, the game's gotten out of hand. He's thrown him into the fire and he's actually come out stronger from it. I think he'll get better as the time goes on. Um, and he'll probably if they can develop him correctly he might actually become like a decent-ish quarterback. Yeah, I, I so I actually think I think Vandy's a better team than Missouri, and I think they'll beat them. I think Vanderbilt will snap their conference losing streak this year, but I yeah, don't know I don't if they know would. About all that, I think Missouri's Vanderbilt, but Vanderbilt yeah, still win that I, game. I think like, but like the thing about Florida is that like, and you know, like what you were talking about with your just interpersonal interactions, it like anybody who's talking shit. During like year one of a rebuild, like relax. Like I mean, like come on, talk shit when you're good. Like neither of us are good. Just relax. Like and and, and the the other thing I will say yeah. is don't get too emotionally hung up on the results of these games. Like if, if Tennessee, if the Tennessee game ruined your day, like I mean, first of all, I mean it's sports. I probably shouldn't do that anyway. But like, like if if the, any game this season ruins your day, just Come on, come on! Like, like I, I, I was watching and I was like, eh, whatever. And I'm, I'm going to Fred's. Whatever. Yeah, no, we. I, I took the kids shopping. Uh, we went to go get uh, uh, Halloween costumes. That that game was flushed as soon as it was over. That'll stick with me all day, at least. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. If we lose to Florida. It'll it'll ruin my day, and but I'll be over it by Sunday. Yeah, I, honestly, I I just I don't I just I I, I what, what I'm really thinking about right now is recruiting, 
its process, its coordinator hires that they may have to make, its position code. It's even losing to Florida. I, I just don't want to deal with the grand prognostications about Brian Kelly that will follow. I, I agree. And that's where we get down to it. Like, so let's have, let's hope for a nice, boring game with an outcome that doesn't get people oh, riled man. up. We afterwards. both know that's not going to happen. And with that, go Tigers. It's LSU go Florida. But what, what I want something, I just want something stupid, but fun right, I know stupid. I know it is going to be stupid. I'm just saying. Let's root. Yeah. Let's root for not stupid. I would love to see something stupid. I am rooting for stupid. I just want fun stupid. Mm. It, it. I want fun stupid. We just ran the stupid. It's like we just ran a fake field goal just to spite you kind of stupid where it's like, no, we don't like you and we still don't like you. And again, I just... I don't care this is the first year of a rebuild. It's Florida. I don't care. I really, I will never make this point any clearer than I have to, uh, right now. I, I was at the 2017 College World Series Finals when Florida swept LSU 2 nothing. Uh, if we had gone to a Game 3, I would have had tickets right behind home plate. They stole that from us, and I will never forgive them for it, which is why I have a universal hatred of the University of Florida Athletics. So I want to beat them badly. Yeah, I just don't care that much right now, honestly. Yeah, I know. Don't get I know. It. I don't get just, it. I was watching the, the baseball games on TV. But yeah, like, yeah, just uh, yeah, yeah, whatever. I just <laughs> Florida can stop. But yeah, um, yeah. Should be right.